Hello and welcome my fellow officials to the Art of Officiating with your host Joe Forte. Well, we're winding down last two weeks of the season and we go into tournament play. I know you're all excited about that. But let's uh, realize we got to finish out this this season. So stay focused mentally. Be prepared for all your games. Make sure you have a good pregame conference. Do your due diligence before the game. Know the teams, matchups, coaches, personalities, all the things that we talk about throughout the whole year. Nothing changes. Okay, these games are important now because we have teams that are, you know, trying to get a better seed in their prospective tournament or trying to get to the NCAA tournament. So these games are important. In our last two episodes, we talked about the center and the trail official as it relates to the subconscious mind. Today, to close out the triangle, we're going to talk about the lead. You know, when you talk about the lead and you kind of analyze the lead position, it's it's really a, uh, could be in some ways a complex position. Because in the lead, when you think about it, most of the plays that you're refereeing are plays that are coming towards you. You're on the baseline, not much area to maneuver yourself. You know, you usually have the crowd behind you, camera people behind you. Or, in some cases, a wall in some of the gyms that I've been to that you can just reach back and touch. So it's very important that you maintain a wide position. But we'll get into that very shortly. When we transition on a new possession from the trail to the lead position, it is imperative that when the ball comes into the front court on the strong side, that you are outside the ball. For the most part, for the most part, you will never be inside the ball. Now, you will be in a position inside the ball when there is a jump shot taken from the corner behind the three-point line, right? You're going to be inside the ball. All other cases and play situations, you're going to be outside the ball. And that's important. It's important because the lead position is probably the only position where you position yourself for the next play. Excuse me for a second as I take a little sip of coffee. Thank you. You're always putting yourself in a position to referee the next play. And that's why it's so important that you stay outside of the ball when it's on strong side. Now, as we know, when the ball comes to the center of the court, which is the free throw lane line extended up, you're going to be in a closed down position. That is like what? Somewhere three feet off the edge of the backboard? Somewhere in that area. Now, the only reason why you're going to be in that closed down position is because if the ball enters weak side, either with a pass or a dribble, you're going to be able to rotate over in a timely manner. You don't have to run or anything. You just, with an accelerated pace, just get across the baseline to ball side, okay? Now, when the ball is 
on weak side and you have a quick drive to the basket, you want to pinch the paint. Okay, what does that mean? Just take another step closer. This way it puts you in a position to referee that play. You're going to referee a secondary defender coming across and you're going to represent basic, you're going to rep, referee basically the lower part of his body. We don't want you refereeing up above on the rim. That's taken care of by the center and the trail. So when you have a quick drive to the basket, pitch the paint, referee the secondary defender coming across, and that's your play. Okay, so let's go back to just basic position of the lead. For the most part, when you come into the front court, you're going to be refereeing off ball, right? Ball comes into the front court, strong side, outside the ball. Now you're going to adjust your position according to the ball. Ball goes to the top of the key, you close down. Ball comes back to strong side, you move back out and get outside. Now why is that important? It's important because it puts you in a position to referee the next play. So if you have a drive to the basket and you get a good wide angle, you're able to referee the secondary defender. The trail is going to have primary defender. And if there's a miss, you're in perfect position to referee rebounding plays. If the offensive player dribbles and stops at the elbow on strong side and takes a jump shot, being outside in, you're going to be able to referee the elbow of the shooter. Plus, it puts you in a great position to referee rebounding. You're going to be able to referee the backside player. And he's the guy that hurts you. So your subconscious mind should tell you that when you have a drive to the basket, you got to stay outside. You position yourself to referee the next play. Now, when the ball goes to... The top of the key, as we said, you're going to close down. And that's the only time you close down. You don't close down in the trail or the center to, for, the, for the next play or for rebounding. You don't do that. You make a position adjustment. Close down only refers to the lead getting in that position when the ball is in the middle of the court so he can make a timely rotation to weak side. Okay, it's that simple. Now, when you get to the closed down position and the ball is weak side, you have to read the play. If it is a scorer and they're clearing out, don't be so quick to rotate. Your subconscious mind will tell you that. And you're not going to rotate on quick drives to the basket. You're not going to rotate with a pass into the low post. Hold your position. Don't rotate on a quick jump shot. Don't quick rotate on a quick drive to the basket. Don't rotate when the ball goes down into the low post opposite you in the closed position. Because if you start your rotation and the big turns into the, to the lane, then you're going to get stacked and you won't be able to referee the play. Don't rotate when the shot clock is within, you know, 10 seconds, 9, 8. 
Seven, don't rotate. Because when you do, you're just putting yourself in a position to move your partners out of great positions. So everybody's moving. And what happens when the shot clock is winding down? They're going to drive it to the basket, take a quick shot. We don't want to be moving. So your subconscious mind should be telling you all this stuff. So when you get into the closed position, all this should be going through your mind. Don't. The don'ts. You got to know the don'ts. You don't rotate quick drive. You don't rotate jump shot. You don't rotate entry pass low post. Don't rotate when the shot clock's winding down. You need to know those don'ts, and that's what the subconscious mind will do for you. So you got to plug that in, and you got to train yourself to do this. I see so often where that lead is coming across when he shouldn't be, and everybody's moving, and we're missing, we're missing plays. We're missing plays because we're rotating when we shouldn't be rotating. If there's a doubt, don't. If you have a good player, a scorer, don't rotate so quickly because they're getting the ball to him probably isolating or running a screen so he can take a shot, okay? So these these are the things that when you're in that lead position, you have to understand. You have to understand that you are getting plays coming towards you. We don't have, in, in the trail, you don't really have plays coming towards you. You have plays going away from you. In the center position, you don't really have plays coming towards you other than curl plays. Most of them are coming, going away from you. In the lead, they're coming towards you. So that's why we got to stay wide. Because if you don't, the play's going to eat you up and you're going to get stacked. So you have to understand this. So when you come into the front court and take that lead position, your subconscious mind is already working. Where do I go? What do I need to do? What position adjustment do I need to make? What do I need to watch? What don't I do? All right? When in the lead and the ball's in the low post and the play's going across from me, don't have a whistle on that play. Okay? It's curling to the slot. Slot, center, play. Okay, we already went over the don'ts. Plug them in your mind. And these are all essential things that you need to do in the lead position. When you have plays to the basket, you look at it, you process it, you make a decision. On rebounding plays, you're going to have contact on rebounding plays. And there's three basic principles, right? Guy goes up, gets the ball, gets bumped, comes back down, passes it out. It's not a foul. Guy goes up, gets bumped, comes down, loses the ball. It's a foul. Guy goes up, defender behind him, knocks the ball out of bounds, contacts him a little bit, give him the ball. Unless he just really does something excessive, then you want to call a foul. When you have low post players, you're going to have some contact. You know what your guidelines are for post play. Just call them accordingly. But you have to have a patient whistle in the lead position. You have to process plays. You don't want to give cheap and ones. All right? If a guy gets fouled, call it. There's an advantage on the play, disadvantage, call it. 
You know what your guidelines are on cutters. Guy gets impeded, dislodged, call it. It's a fun position, the referee, but it could be complex. Plays coming down the lane, charge block, pick up the secondary, and referee to re- referee to feet. Know where he is in relationship to the restricted area. So all these are all the things that your subconscious mind has when you're refereeing in the lead position. Okay, so that concludes our episode as it relates to the three positions in the subconscious mind. I hope you enjoyed all of that. I had fun doing it. I really did. And some other notes as just going through my mind here as I'm thinking, sitting and thinking about basketball and some of the things that we do. And, you know, it's really important that in the last couple minutes of the game now, we got to get together. The crew chief has to come together, has to talk about situations. You talk about team fouls, individual fouls. You talk about possessions. You talk about can he run the baseline or can he not run the baseline. The score, time, all of that. You got to factor in as we get down into the last 10 seconds of the game and the team's down by three, right? Hey, they're probably going to shoot a three or they could drive it to the basket real quick, score because the defense is going to let them to score and then it's going to call a timeout, all right? So you got to understand all these situations as you get down to the closing seconds of the game. And also remember this, Okay. When a team calls a timeout in the last closing seconds of the game, they are drawing up a play, right? So it is imperative, imperative that we do not take a possession away from them on a marginal play. The screen has to be a no-brainer. If they come up and set a back screen, it has to be so bad before we call it. Anything that's questionable, you don't call. Don't take the possession away. Call something that is obvious. It's like the fifth foul on a player. You don't want to put them on the bench with something that's questionable. You don't want to take a possession away on something that's questionable. Understand that. Teams come out from a timeout, regardless of what it is, when it is in the game, but it's really imperative at the end of the game. They got to play. They're setting up a play. They're going to do something. So we don't want to interrupt that by calling something that's marginal. If it's a foul and it's obvious, call it. If it's not, play. Play on. All right. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast this year. We'll have some more before it's all ended. And we do have a special guest coming up in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. This is your host, Joe Forte, saying good day.